Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Yannick on Chelsea podcast with me, your host, Yann. How are you all doing? Good. Glad to hear it. Today, I've got a um, recurring guest on, Sadiq, Mr. Worldwide Chelsea himself. We talk about that wicked win against champion side Huddersfield, 5-0, lovely scenes. Uh, we just a really great episode. We just talk about the players, the coach, the uh, upcoming game. Not much else to talk about in this intro, so hope you enjoy it. Let's get into it. Okay, boys and girls, welcome into the podcast. My mate Sadiq, better known as Worldwide Chels on all social media platforms. Sadiq, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. I'm good. Thanks for having me on again. It's been pending. I've been asking you. Get me on, man. <laughs> <laughs> Always a pleasure, bro. And what an episode to get you back on after that. Well, we'll have a bit of context on, on the game, but a great performance from the boys. So um, before we get into it, just um, I'll let you know where to find Sadiq at the end of the podcast and um, usual format. Today, we'll be looking back at the game and uh, Fortunately, we'll be looking back at the Huddersfield game. And you know what? Because I met the fucking rules, we're not going to look back at the Bournemouth game. <laughs> we, <laughs> we, can, uh, we can reflect on Sarri's, the way he's been dealing with the players and what he's been saying generally. But let's, let's just look at what's just happened. And, and, in, uh, and in part two, we're going we're gonna to look at Manchester City. So... I want to get my homeboy's thoughts on it all. Uh, Sadiq, when you think about this game, I mean, it's obvious, there's like main obvious talking points, but what what comes into your head? What would you want to like talk about first when it comes to this uh, Huddersfield victory? Um, uh, I'm not going to be too, too overexcited with this result. Mm-hmm. Um Obviously, before the game, a lot of doubts from fans, especially on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, but I just knew like this game was a write-off. It's not. It's not a true um, reaction from the players to see how they bounce back from Bournemouth. Let's be honest. A uh, team that was losing 13 times in a row or whatever they've got in the Premier League most likely going to be relegated. Yeah. Um, not really a real test, but mm-hmm. it could have been a typical Chelsea performance if we drew or lost. You know. Well, would- yeah. Do you do you think well, if if we did like not get a result, do you reckon that would have been curtains for Sari? Because although like we got a, like generally, you think the club's got to believe it's it can be very very difficult after a uh, that result that we're not going to talk about to Bournemouth. Uh, if we didn't get a result at probably the most bankable fixture in the league at the moment, would you think that would have been a problem for Sari in his job? Um, I think it would have been the beginning of the end. Uh, I don't think it would have been that moment, but I think, mm. you know, those scenes where you see a Bromwich come to the uh, training and you, yeah. I, I thought you heard, you know, just before, a couple of weeks before... Um, Start sniffing about. Yeah, 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 you always see them visit the ground and stuff. I think that would have happened initially. Well, is he, can but, he, uh, has he got his visa yet? I don't even know. I mean, you spoke about that for uh, a long time. Uh, no, he's not got it. He's not got it. He's, well, he's still... Traveling to UK through um, what was it? I think it was Israel, right? About six or something like that. I could be wrong, but he's yeah. gone to another country with his visa that allows him to come to the UK through that way rather yeah. than actual UK rules. Well, they'll find a way. Yeah, context, man. Huddersfield. They're looking like a mid-table championship team at the moment. But um, okay, so before we get into it. It is, it is just the tonic that we needed that game, wasn't it? Like a, to to practice Sarri's football uh, against us. It was a bit of a training game in the end after a couple of chances. But um, 
let's uh I want to talk about Iguain and Hazard and and Willian as well. Actually, let's let's start on Willian before before we get into yeah. any other stuff because I think although I think he was good in this game and I think he was good for like reasons that you know like football Twitter or people on social media slate him for not putting the the out the output numbers as an offensive player and rightly yeah. so. But in this game, I feel like he was a bit more industrious in terms of working for. They obviously assisted. Um, David Louise and obviously he worked hard to get Iguain and Hazard forward a lot more and even I think Barkley next in the game as well but what are your thoughts on Willian in this game mate? Um, obviously I, t- I understand some of the frustrations uh, from the from the fans mm. on social media on this player but you know I saw him once on the right he cut him with his left and he tried to shoot, and it was just over. It wasn't, like, massively bad. I don't know if you remember that shot, but Hugain was asking for it in the middle. Yeah. Uh, I just see people going mad, like, they're just yeah. going crazy because they wanted Hugain the ball. Like, I get it. Like, mm. yeah, he could have... But if he scored that goal, you'd not be like, what a wonder goal. Like, mm. saying, like it, wasn't, it wasn't a bad idea. I want to see these wingers shoot more because mm. I don't see enough, like... And it's the kind of... Yeah, it's the kind of game where like you you let him do that. If that was obviously against City and he got he sees it going yeah. in the corner of his eye, maybe he plays him in. Do you know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. That's a different story, but I just think we expect too much from this team, and they're not that good. Like they're not that level where we see them a decade ago. Do you know what I'm mm. saying? It's just you just have to grind these results out. Like um, we could talk about the ball another day the transfers and stuff like that but the current bunch we have right now that have played under two or three managers mm-hmm. they're just finished they're just dead wood like you, you can't expect pure sorry but you cannot expect goals like like we used to be seeing in the past mm. it's none of them it's just grinding out the results getting the results getting the revenue getting the money for top four maybe winning the Europa League couple cups Cairo Cup etc mm-hmm. and just rebuild it for the future but as we know, we're not going to see that happening because some of these players just have some special powers on these board. Like they just stay yeah. for that new contract. I just don't understand it. But it's weird, isn't it? Like it's almost like um, it's like either the club sees them as a, a sort of asset that the fan base doesn't, or there is a sort of sense of um, you know, uh, as much as people might say about Chelsea and like you know rent boys and mercenaries and stuff. I think there is a respect from the club to players that have been servants, maybe up too much. Like, people like, you know, there was the uh, uh, uproar of Abramovich letting Czech go to Arsenal, which I had no problem with because he was such a great servant. And there's, a, you know, Matic going to United saying that you can you can do this because that will let you keep playing because you've been good and maybe to our detriment. But, but just to ask you about a player who's not past it in terms of age but has been running hot and cold but I think for this football could work who had a very good game I think and bossed the midfield in I know again mid-table championship side but I think Ross Barkley showed flashes in this game of how much of a I feel like he held the ball up in that midfield obviously he assisted I think he assisted Hazard again um and he just he just looks like strong, but he looks like he'll take he'll take responsibility and he'll, t- he'll pop long shots, you know, when no one else will. Uh, obviously, I'd probably prefer Ruben there because he'll carry the ball forward and he'll 
better than Barkley, he'll do the one twos. Like with Hazard, he's actually got quite twinkle toes, Ruben. But I think Barkley, in terms of being strong and just playing balls down the middle forward for people to run onto, and I think people like Iguain will absolutely love that. What's your thoughts on Barkley, dude? Um, when we first came this, to the season with the three midfielders, Kovacic, Loftus-Cheek, and Barkley, mm. now all, all three players had their times where they're on top form. Mm. You know, before he got injured, Kovacic at the start of the season, mm. Barkley was scoring goals, he was assisting. And then, uh, you know, we kept rushing back Loftus-Cheek, he got injured, back injury, yes. spin. Happened for many times. Sorry, he's used his brain out of all the managers and he's going to let him rest until mm-hmm. he's full fit. But the thing about Barkley is, I'm a fan of him. Yeah, I, I don't. I see where people come in about passing back and passing sideways and all this nonsense. But the thing is, at the time that he was playing, um, Kovacic went off form. And mm-hmm. the all-round game from Kovacic is more important for Sarri Ball. Like, you know, he's always on the whip, like mm. on the wide, coming in, stuff like that. Just to have goals. Whereas Barkley has the goals, but the runs are not being made under Sarri Ball. Because if you hear Sarri saying that they can't even do the basics, mm. now, how do you expect a player to show his talent, his skills, and be consistent if the team are not performing? And this is where top, top-class players at Hazard turn up, which is why we rely on him so much. Yeah. And for me, like, obviously, Barkley, what I've noticed about him, he needs a bit of space to run into, to make a choice. Um, I personally think recently he's done well. He came on against Arsenal when we were losing. Um, and for me, he done amazing balls. He was passing forward. He was, you know, pushing forward. Mm. But you still have people on Twitter still criticising him because it's yeah. not Spark. But yeah. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's just... I don't know, man. It's just like, it's a system that we have to play. And if the system doesn't work, you can't expect players. It's just that. That's how it is. The system comes first with Sari always in terms of us performing and functioning. But like, it's really interesting, dude. That position, like, um, you're right in saying Barkley has been good like it's really recently and uh, he started very well there was that period in three games where he got three goals and three yeah. assists um, you know he's contributing to he was like you know he was making headlines basically that position between Kovacic is incredibly you can tell he's got like Galactico quality the way he like dribbles the ball and does like one twos and goes around players like you know yeah. he looks like he can press really well he can do the one pass uh, uh, really good. It looks like he can maybe play that Jorginho position due to him yeah. being a bit more press resistant and quick passing. So he's really good. Ruben's obviously incredibly good at times. He's proven for England, Palace, and at times Chelsea. He can pick up the ball, drive forward, win fouls. Um, and, you know, he's done like one twos of Hazard, and Hazard's always really happy when he does it because he, he looks like he's doing a sort of world class combination. So. Obviously, we want to see Rube's work, and he's been excellent. And then Barkley, he knows he's practiced Sari Ball the most out of them all. And recently, it looks like he does the more like short forward passes to the striker or Hazard to run onto. And at the moment, at the moment, that looks like what we're lacking to get those striker goals. And like now we've got Iguain in the team. It's kind of like all three of those players in one slot on their day can all be top first choice. Do you know what I mean? It's it's a bit of a weird one. Like. Oh, at different times, they could all be first choice in that. But like, what would you, if you had to choose one, dude? What would you say? 
Um, or different uh, games, uh, what, different players. What do, you, what do you reckon? Yeah, that, that that's that's another factor. But there's one thing I want to say. Like, I watched Bournemouth. I know we didn't want to speak about Bournemouth. But yeah, go like, on. You can yeah. bring it in. Yeah, yeah. I had to bring it in because the first half we weren't bad. No. We honestly were not that bad. But the thing is, even with all that possession. I honestly saw her guy make so many runs. So did I, dude. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt you, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And I just don't see these players pass. And this is where Ross Barkley has to show his talent, or Kovacic has to make that pass, or Lofsicic has to make that pass. Like these runs are vital. Did you see the one that Kante made against Huddersfield? Like just that one run. Yeah. Like, Hugain is smart. Yeah. I, yeah. Let's not get twisted. I'm not the biggest Hugain fan before he joined. I didn't pick him up. I didn't say he's going to be world class or anything. But, but he's, he's just a, Chelsea a, he's a proper striker, basically. He's doing proper striker yeah. stuff. Do you know what I mean? He's clinical striking movement. And the strike was quality as well when he scored. But did, oh, yeah. if, you, if, you watch, if you watch Kante's ball, it's the risk that he took. Now, against Bournemouth, we had Pedro and Aspi on the right. Mm. And Kante running forward, what did they do? They pass it back to Rudiger. Mm. I don't understand that. I honestly don't. When I see Sarri say the basics, the mentality isn't there, I totally understand it. Yeah, yeah, as do I, man. Manager, you want an attacking manager, you're tired of Kante, you're tired of Mourinho, you're tired of all these defensive mindset managers. You've got an attacking one, Mm. you have to back the manager because I'm not going to mention any other channels right now, but. It was shocking. The opinions that I see on this platform, they just don't understand. No. Well, no, <laughs> I'm with you, man. I think we're both for the same sort of um, trail of thought with this. So I, the, the main frustration with me is with people that are like, oh, sorry, but you know, before even anyone critiques sorry that it, all the sort of arguments need to be stopped because this isn't sorry's football he's seeing exactly what we're seeing like this is bullshit you know what i mean this is not this is not what i'm trying to execute this is just for some reason this is happening in front of me and after training i don't know why this is happening but there's a couple a couple of players i want to pick up on from this game um but i want to talk about um well i do want to talk about Egoin. And I want to talk about Christensen. But just quickly before we get on to those players, dude. Um, Marcus Alonso came back in at left-back. We know his frailties. He's slow. Um, now and again, he has stinky dips in form when he just like either has arguments with Hazard or he just doesn't combine properly or he doesn't do what the wide forwards want. But um, Emerson was really, really poor against Bournemouth. I know it was a team drop-off, but I've seen Emerson quite a few times at the bridge this season and then... There was a little bit of just when Alonso came in. There's a little bit of like an odd relief in me, which is the first time all season I felt that. <laughs> it's just the opposite, wanting to see Emerson. But I think maybe just because he's played it the system more, that a game out might have made him a bit better. How how do you think Alonso played in this game? Yeah, I don't I don't think he was that bad personally. No. I'm gonna you know jump on these players and just mm. slate them. Uh, I don't think that, actually. When I looked at the Huddersfield chances, every threat came towards Alonso's side. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, I think true. a different team would have put away the chances because yeah. they were attacking us in the first half massively. When mm. it was 1-0 and 2-0, they were attacking massively on the right. I, I don't know the guy's name, but he was class. Like, mm, the guy was, got took uh, off, I forget his name, but yeah. He got yeah, took off for an injury he, or something. Yeah, he reminds me of Traore, yeah. but just no finishing or, or whatever. He can Maybe do not quite as hench. Wait, do you mean do you mean do you mean, um, do you mean 
Uh, Bertrand Traore, do you mean? No, no, no. The guy for Middlesbrough, uh, not Middlesbrough, he's moved now. He's in the, um, oh, he plays, does he play for Wolves? I think, I think he was. Adama yeah, Traore, yeah. you were talking about, yeah? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy. Yeah, yeah. that guy. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, yeah, I'm just like, I don't want to slate Alonso, but it's just, no, it's just some I, of the movements he does just, yeah. just frustrates me because I see Hazard. Hazard doesn't want to pass to him. Unless oh, he man. His relationship and breakdown with Hazard is so like, evident. It's It's... It's really bad, but the thing is, yeah, I'm thinking about the future, and the future for me is. Let me let me just try to summarize it as much as possible. Like, more than half of this team has to drop out of the first eleven, no matter what anyone says. Like, I'm talking about William. I'm talking about Pedro. I'm talking about Alonso. I'm even talking about Aspi. Yeah, I, mm. I know Aspi is a massive fan favorite at the club. Yeah, but I'm talking about sorry boy. Would you yeah. would you have him move into the left? And being a maybe, little bit, maybe. and then mess, making our left side a bit more like not so weak. Weak. I understand what you're saying, there, but same again with this horrible thing. Like, mm. like offensively, he's just not there for me. Like, mm-hmm. I, I can't explain it. I know people might just like be like, "Oh, Aspi has to be there. He's a warrior. He's a warrior." He was so good against City in the tuna when he was like the, my man of the match. I was like reeling off his yeah. stats, but we were we played in a certain way. That, yeah, it wasn't normal, sorry, but that's what I mean, and that's what I'm worried about. I think like the board have kind of told sorry that we're not going to be signing players unless we sell players, and that's why Kovacic might play in Tudino's role mm. because remember, sorry was signed for a midfielder. I don't want Travis to go unless we get midfielder. Mm. What happened? Paradis was there, Barella was there, yeah. we got none in the end, like we didn't give them money, and now Kovacic will play in the middle, and everyone's saying, oh, Loftus-Cheek and Bok will get more chances. Yeah, I'm up for that. Believe me, I'm up for that. But mm-hmm. the mindset from Sorry wasn't that. Let's be honest. Now. No. It wasn't. That wasn't his main aim. No. So, obviously, the opportunity cost is the, the youth, the English players play a lot more in the left centre mid. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm up for that. You know, Mason Mount could be returning in the future, you know, for the third role, maybe. Who yep. knows? But for me... The board aren't going to help Sorry next season, uh, from what I can see. If they're giving Marcus Alonso five years, three years, whatever it was, it just tells me that if, if he doesn't work with Sorry, we've still got our player. And Maybe, but yeah. let's not forget Marcus Alonso is a highly desired left back because people will look at his contract length, which will make him expensive, and people will look at his recent Premier League and FA Cup winner, <coughs> and they'll look at his numbers. Like, my thing that I've always said is Alonso is a striker that for some reason is playing a left back or left wing back and it, yeah. and it's just that position completely exposed him he's got a sweet left foot he can volley it he can poach he can head us goals he can take sweet free kicks he's like a striker that for some fucked up reason is playing as a full back so um, just, just yeah you know on paper looking at player attributes defensively and combinations wise Emerson should be the better choice for Sari but I, I want to move on today because I do want to in this part I want to talk about two more players we, we can talk about Alonso too, for, forever man um, okay so let's talk about Christensen first man I know again the last two games he's played was against Sheffield Wednesday and was against Huddersfield but if you look at his numbers I've tweeted him and I've retweeted him and I've like sort of quoted the tweet with the new stats his stats were so so good he was making loads of forward passes uh he's made key passes he's got an assist he's uh, made like goal scoring blocks um 
I know he can get nervous and like maybe he gets inside his own head and stuff, but he was very, very good these last two games. Um, how are you feeling about him? Do you think he could displace Rudiger or Louise or would you just want to keep playing him like this because he's still quite young and see if he can like success Louise because Louise is probably going to get a one-year extension tops? I'm really cautious about this player. Mm. I've never... I've never, ever, ever uh, said he has to be first choice. I've never, ever said he's, you know, the future. I've never said anything like that. Mm. Why? Because of the past mistakes he's made in previous seasons under Conte. Uh, well, yeah, I think he might have been overcooked a little bit on Conte. He, he brought him in and then just he made that mistake against Barca. I think a good coach would have, like, taken him out for a little bit and he just, I think he burnt him out instead. True, true, true. The thing is, uh, I don't know. I just see a mistake in him every game. Just like Luis. Like, don't get me wrong. Just like Luis. But when I saw City, United, Barca, like, I saw a mistake in him all three of those games mm. in a row. And that, for me, you know, put question marks in whether... Obviously, you learn from these mistakes. Don't get me wrong. And the games that he's played this season, he's performed. Mm. Um, he's definitely improved his all-round game. If you remember the sister Callahan Sanadoy, I know it's only Sheffield Wednesday, but mm. it's still an assist. And you yeah. know, I am getting a bit tired of Louise and Rudiger, even though that's my definitely first two partnership at the moment. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I don't know, man. Rudiger recently he, his form has been off. In my I eyes, agree, I don't yeah. think he's at his form. And yeah. Louise, he just has his moments, man. Like a couple of games, is world class. He'll ping that ball that will get us alive. Like against City, mm. we were rubbish and then he done that ball and then boom, after that goal, Scored. everyone's alive. Scored. Everyone's playing fantastic. Yeah. Um, so if Christensen has that, has that play to him, then, you know, I'm all up for him replacing Luis, but I do see Luis and Christensen uh, in the future games coming up. Personally. Really, that's interesting. It's weird because Luis, obviously, everyone loves him at Chelsea because he's like such such a nice guy, and he he does he has got certain leadership qualities. But so does Rudiger in a weird way. Like he wants to rally and score and cheer the team up, and he's so happy to be playing for Chelsea when he won his first trophy, that FA Cup. And you know, after we play shit, sometimes he does those interviews when he's like just miserable and he's like, no, it's not good enough. What the hell is this? You know, he's not there for the paycheck. He's there for Chelsea. Um, yeah, which is nice, but when Christensen shows, obviously, like I've said this a few times on the pod, Guardiola latched onto Christensen after that one nil defeat. Whenever we Conte lost and we decided to, you know, bend over and take it. I think Christensen had a tactically really good game. And the first thing in the final whistle, Guardiola latched on and we started whispering in his ear. Um, I think he is really highly rated, Christensen, but it's nothing to do with his ability. I think you're right to say cautious because, again, it might, <laughs> the, the word of the uh, of the hour, it could be a mentality thing with Christensen, you know? Apparently he gets nervous and at Chelsea you've got to be warriors. Um, yeah, but, it's very... Uh, I mean, he does deserve a chance. I, I've been quite harsh on him, um, I'll be honest with that. Mm. But then again, I look at Ampadu's attitude and I just Fuck, see him yeah. on the... When he comes on, I just feel so much more confident with him. I don't know why. 18, yeah, it's just nuts, isn't it? It just just looks good, man. That's that's why I'm like a bit cautious on Christensen because sometimes he just doesn't look ready, like up for the game. Mm. I don't know why. I just get that feeling. But yeah, he does deserve a chance for sure. And then again, Louise, 
apparently he might reject this uh, extension and move to Whoa. Benfica. Man. Yeah, I mean, I heard that, and then I heard another article saying, good news, looks like he wants to extend it, and they found an agreement. But I'd imagine he'd stay for one more year. Um, but yeah, Ampadu Christensen, I'd be well happy with that for the future if Christensen can sort his noggin out. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, man, he's got tackles in that Ampadu. He'll put, he'll put the tackles in and hurt people, and then Christensen will put the blocks in and maybe ping some long balls. Do you know what I mean? Even Ampadu can maybe. do that. So future yeah. might be bright, bro. Let, let's let's finish part one on the Chelsea number nine. Uh, you were right to say I watched that Bournemouth game, and certainly in the first half, he was making loads of good runs. But and before I get your your take on him, I'll just sort of say my sort of thoughts. I was a big fan of Higuain um, before Chelsea, so maybe a bit different to you because I, <clears throat> I I did watch him at Napoli and I knew about him breaking the Serie A scoring record and going to Juve. I was a bit disappointed to see him go to Juve actually, but um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's always he's got a really great scoring record. Um, he's scored like uh, that hat trick when he broke the record for and for. Uh, for Syria at Napoli, the last goal was like an overhead kick. He scores every kind of goal, but more than scoring every kind of goal, he just works like a proper centre forward. He's selfless. He makes the runs, and we see that early doors already. Him playing for Chelsea, like you say, making that run, splitting the defenders, dropping deep, linking up with Hazard, one touch, um, not just goal hanging. Yet he will score a lot of goals. Almost more importantly for me, he's come into a new league again, but you can tell he's a 31 going on 32-year-old experienced striker because Morata was just flopping on the floor, being petulant, having a go at the ref. He was being battered, Iguay, in a couple of those games, and he just didn't go down once, and when he was knocked to the floor, straight back up, didn't go to the ref, straight back up, he's just eyes for that goal. And straight away, that is so refreshing for me, like, oh, God, a striker doing the right thing, doing the right movements. Hazard, you could tell when he broke forward, looking for Higuain. I think they made 22 successful combinations against Huddersfield. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, you know, but he, he could just look, you've got confident when uh, Iguain peels off to Hazard. It just looks like a proper smart striker. And the problem with Hazard, I find, is when he wants to do stuff but the players around him don't do the right thing or don't do what he wants, which ultimately is the right thing. Like, I always use the example, um, he he assisted Ruben or Ruben assisted him in a combination, then he jumps on Ruben and smiles because he's like, yes, you got what I wanted to do. Iguain is going to get what Hazard wants him to do. Uh, and he won't flop. Yep. He won't flop about in the meantime. So I just wanted to get that off my chest and do my little Higuain positive <laughs> rant. He's not a long term solution, but for Chelsea fans, for you, for us, like just to see someone doing what they should be doing in the number nine shirt uh, for the moment is so refreshing and relieving for me, dude. How, how do you feel about the the Argentinian, dude? Yeah, man, I totally agree with you, especially now as a Chelsea player. <laughs> <laughs> so it's easier, isn't but, it? Um, yeah, it's a lot easier. But before before this, you know, yeah. before Chelsea were even interested in the playoff, um, I keep thinking of Argentina in the World Cup, man, when he missed. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah well, yeah, he's not a big game yeah, player. But we, we got Hazard for the big games. We we need we need yeah. we need someone to score against uh, West Ham and Leicester. Apparently, <laughs> that's true. That's true, man. But honestly, that that always that's always in my head. But um, mm. yeah, as you said, he's a proven goal scorer for sure. Uh, Unfortunately, it's Milan because they're an average team. Mm, uh, so no midfield. No midfield, nothing. Um, but the future's bright. I mean, as in short term for Sarri to settle 
how he wants to hopefully get top four, get us back in Champions League. I don't know. I just, I, I think the deal is about him doing well and then it could be extended for 12 months. Yeah. I think that is, that's going well, to happen. Well, yeah, no, no. I think, no, the deal is it's a six-month loan that we can yeah. that we can extend to another 12-month loan so it doesn't have to be buy or or buy or buy after the 12 months. So it's actually a wicked yeah, deal. Yeah. It's basically just getting the way his ridiculous wages off Juve and Milan's books because obviously Juve can't can't pay him because they've got Ronaldo and it's just you know he he's occupying that space now. Didn't work out in Milan and they don't want those wages. So it's kind of a perfect storm for Chelsea and not having to pay a transfer fee but just well, you make know what it is, go on. You know it's like I think the deal is the best deal ever. I totally agree. Marino done a good job there. Mm. But what frustrates me is that this wasn't done in the summer where mm. Hugoin have admitted like there was contact. They uh, wanted each other. Only Sari wanted me, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it kind of it kind of bothers me like Chelsea didn't do it enough. Because the way I've seen people go on, like, oh, the board are backing, sorry. Mm. I, I don't agree with it. Like, when I saw um, Kepa coming for Courtois, uh, apparently Courtois came out, I think yesterday, the day before, saying that the club knew in March. Um, and may, maybe they did, because the guy was flirting to leave for ages. But yeah. Chelsea, last-minute replacement in Kepa, um, Kovacic came on loan. Well, that all worked out, though, didn't it? So Yeah, it, it, it worked out, yeah. But the thing is, I just feel like... I know Sarri says that he he can work on any players that he has currently, but I slightly feel that he wanted different players. I, I think he wanted Rugani. I think he wanted Alisson. I think he wanted Hugain. I think he wanted all these players. Mm. Golovin, or however you pronounce his name. All, Golovin, all these, yeah. Golovin, sorry. And all these players, like... I think they were so close to joining, but just didn't join. And... I don't know. I, I think it's somewhere in the middle, mate. I think like they, he knows he's a, he's in dreamland. Chelsea hiring him because of you know us being a European superpower, certainly a superpower in the Prem, um, and he knows that we hired him to be a yes man, the opposite of Conte. Basically, Conte throwing his toys out of the Prem because he didn't get signings. He knew that he in the press conferences he needed to say, "I'm just happy with what I got." Yes, it's a great club. I'm going to do my best. Don't worry. I'm happy with what I got. When really. He's probably looking at the league, thinking, "Yes, I could really do with like the players you've just said." But um, uh, quick question, quick question before we carry on. I, I don't know if you know knew my old account. Yeah, I was a Conte fan. Yeah, yeah. I, I was like the biggest Conte fan, and oh, so was what, I do. Yeah. What What I looked at was um, in January, we were like four points behind City. Yeah, for the league at the time. Mm. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Def- yeah I remember. What, what what annoyed me was, I totally take away like the, the supporting Chelsea out of my head and think of it as a personal job. What Conte was feeling at the time, and the discussions about him wanting the players, they didn't. Chelsea didn't sign any new players. Chelsea didn't get yeah. any new signings in. And Got Barkley, the, yeah, Barkley, yeah. which who he didn't even know, he didn't even know who he was. It's not like he wanted him. Exactly. So, what annoys me about this was. I've seen it with Mourinho, I've seen it with Conte, and Conte only took the piss at the end because he was like, yeah, I want Peter Crouch, Ashley Barnes, Zava Costa. He only went for these players because he didn't get Stones, Kulabali, Sandro. He didn't mm-hmm. get any of these players. 
And for me, I just hope Sari doesn't go through the same stuff because we're just going to see the same cycle again. Yeah, so yeah, I agree. But confident. I, I they're different coaches because Conte does was used to playing with the very best at, at Juventus. He went to even though Juventus was seventh when he picked him up and made them the force they are now. Like Conte was excellent. Um, and he was good with Italy. Like he had that, you know. I'm a tailor. I look at the players I have and build a suit. And n- nothing says that more than making Victor Moses a league a title winning r- r- right wing back and getting Alonso in, and you know, and uh, putting Louise as sweeper and making him in the team of the season. You know, he was a, he was amazing. But there are he is still. Once he does that, he has a sort of, and quite rightly, to to argue that he has a sort of sense of entitlement, like, you don't back me, I'm out of here. I don't think Sorry, yeah. Sorry would never be like that. Sorry still, like, he came out the other day and said, I'm a dreamer. You know, he's a banker that's somehow managing Chelsea and he's loving life. So I, I, I'm a huge Conte fan. I think towards the end, <clears throat> excuse me, he was a bit of a petulant kid in the way he was a bit in press conferences and I think he actually reflected in some games of decisions that he was protesting a little bit which is incredibly like Mourinho and you know these other great managers but regardless to everything his last press conference you know remember we all remember his passion for in the Italy squad when we knew he was coming to Chelsea like jumping into the crowds and he brought that passion to Chelsea but even after all the shit show and we knew it was over he said in that final press conference, like, I will always remember this colour. Do you know what I mean? Like, he was a man of passion, and no matter how bitter he is with the board, he said the other day, yes, I've still got legal troubles with Chelsea. He had that bond with the club in terms of the fan base. He's a very likeable leader, um, you know, and Sari has to sort of sit down with his players and have, like, a sort of chat with them to like motivate them and maybe a bit more of a therapeutic approach which is might be good and forward thinking with players these days and he's got a very good philosophy of joyful happy football but Conte was had the old school Italian manager of just sort of passion and bring you into war which is very Chelsea um in my opinion but um I might wrap up part one here, Sadiq, because we've <laughs> I've just gone in a Conte rant and we've gone off, gone off pace a little bit here, man. But um, in part two, we can talk about all the players and coaches a bit more, but we'll look ahead to, uh, to City as well, bro. Right. I've had a moment to chill after my sort of uh, passionate Conte sorry rant. We're back for part two. I'm still here with Sadiq, Mr. Worldwide Chelsea himself. We'll talk about at the end where you can find him. Right, Sadiq, we've got um, City coming up on the weekend. We've obviously beaten them in the reverse fixture 2-0. We spoke about that a little bit in the first half. How do you feel about this game, bro? What's your thoughts on it? Talk me through it. Oh, my days. We are at... <laughs> Destroy them at least three nil. We're gonna have this. <laughs> sorry, we'll everything now. Next, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, I'm like dreaded. I'm honestly dreaded. So um, Aguero's only but, just scored like a hat trick. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping like, hoping like, the evil go off form in, in the midweek. I think they play Everton. I could be wrong. Uh, during the week before the playoffs, in fact. Who City? Um, yeah, they got the midweek man. man. Have they? Okay, but Chelsea. Wait, hold on. Chelsea, hold on. Are you what Premier League? 
Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it is. I hope I'm not wrong. Let me just check. Well, I'm checking as well, because you might be right. I didn't know. Oh, they do. You're right, man. So what the hell? So they've got a whole extra yeah. game. This makes it okay. Yannick on Chelsea doesn't know shit about football, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so they're playing on Wednesday. Yeah, they're playing away at Goodison yeah, Park. Man. You're right, man. Uh, <laughs> evening game, 7.45. So could, they, could they, put they, a bit of pressure on them, put them off form if they lose. I mean, or if they, yeah, they've like literally that. just got an extra game than us. Yeah, in between. I mean, Fucking hell, man! I mean, they, that. I mean, obviously that's wicked for us, but that's peak for them. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That's what they're hoping for. Yeah. People to drop points. It's one-one against West Ham halftime. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, I'm. I don't know, man. I just feel like I've seen it against big, not big, big clubs, but like teams like Arsenal where. They're really average, but Chelsea turned them into prime bars of them. Like mm. I just, you just see it happening. Like I, I can see nil nil for quite a long time, and then you might see Aguero one nil, yeah. and then it's like same old story. Like uh, yeah, obviously, yeah. I'm hoping I'm wrong, but I honestly take a draw. Like I generally take a draw. Yeah, I'll rip your I hand off. Up, also, there's the the slight. If we if we were third, this would this would make sense a bit more, but helping um helping the the fact how maybe us giving them points would just lessen the chance of Liverpool winning the league. <laughs> <laughs> I mean if we were third I'd feel a bit more comfortable about saying that, but obviously fourth on like level on points or two points, whatever the fuck it is. Um obviously we need we need to take the W. But um yeah man, so okay, so let's talk about the team. Uh, Chelsea when completely rallied and completely focused. But the thing is, this is our problem, right? Because the team needs to be like fucking apocalypse level focused for us to put a Chelsea level performance in. And that's, you know, Chelsea of old or Chelsea of 10, 15 years ago would just put performances in and always be 75% always and be 100% at a Champions League final. Or, do you know what I mean? But now we're either at like 45% or if we have this like, if we lose 4-0 to Bournemouth, we'll put in 75%. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's a bit of a weird analogy, but... So, you just don't know what the hell you're going to get with this. So, we could lose, like, whatever, we could get battered, we could lose by one goal, which wouldn't be the most shameful thing away at the Champions, but we could beat City. Do you know what I mean? Like, even, like, even without talking about how they've got an extra game, just, just on, like, a both-rested-away fixture, like... If we went there totally like Iceman, like killer focused, then we could do it. Do you know what I mean? If if we put if we press them and because that's that's how you have to beat City. You have to sort of freak them out a little bit. And yeah, when they're like, a little bit, yeah, yeah. yeah like, gonna, go on, man. Go on. Quick thing. Um, honestly, this will be the true response from Chelsea mm. players. How whether they've listened to sorry. Mm. or whether they're playing that same shit mentality and they just need to take responsibility because yeah. that Bournemouth's result hasn't left me. Like, oh, worse than like 26 years or whatever the fuck it was. Yeah, yeah, it's just like, if we lose, show the passion. If we had a chance, it's unfortunate. It's a different story. Mm. You know, if they show a bit of fight, a bit of passion. It's enough, isn't it? It's enough for me personally. Do yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's, well, and it's me, show- bro. The thing is, right, you're right, you just don't know what's going to happen because the the issue is, like, 
we've got talent. I agree with you when you say like these players need to be circulated now in terms of a new era at Chelsea, not just because of the age and decline, but because of the type of football. But saying that, there are players in there with a lot of talent and they're used to winning. You know, there's a lot of trophies between those players. Um, And on their their day, if they do go for it, you know, there's probably, I don't know, there's, there's probably more trophies in that Chelsea 11 or 14 then there is that City one there's probably quite a lot more thinking about it like you know if you think about David Luiz he's won Champions League Europa League Premier League he's gone away to Liga and won multiple trophies there Willian Hazard whatever do you know what I mean there's a lot of players there yeah, granted you've got people like Ariza but you know like Courtois gone and all the, there's, but there's a lot of trophies in that team basically yeah. it is a mentality thing so on their day I think they could beat City but like you say did they they had that thing where Sari locked him in the dressing room for like an hour and he kicked out all the backroom staff which I'll ask you about in a second actually but um did they like yeah fuck tails between our legs but we've we've got it out of our system because we've like you know slapped about a championship level team and got it out of our system like ah, scored loads of goals dominance we all had a little jump about feel better now let's go back to being shit well, you know, subconsciously, or are they like, no, this 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 Bournemouth result, if this is a tool for Sari now, like, look what happens to you, worst result in 26 years, this could happen, you know, it could be like his little, like, mantra before every game, <laughs> I don't know how long it would last with these players, because I don't know how, yeah. how focused they are, but um, you just don't know, man, so I want to get your thoughts, mate, like, I think it was a good thing, it showed a lot of bollocks to... to to have that talk with them and I think it just showed assertiveness like I, you don't see like, you wouldn't see a Claude Puel <laughs> doing that I don't <laughs> think <laughs> but like um, what do you I want to ask you what do you think about him kicking out the backroom stuff because I've heard loads of fucking idiot pundits saying that's bad saying that you know it undermines the coaches which might be true and alienates them or do you think like it? Or maybe what was it? Do you reckon he was saying to the players like, "Look, this is. Do you want me to lose my job like face to face? You know, with all the other coaches here. What What do you think about that whole situation and him kicking the coaches out? And do you think it's good or bad? Honestly, um, the people that say it's negative don't know shit. Mm. Like generally, just know shit, just talking shit for attention on TV to get the views and stuff like. Yeah. most of us do on these platforms but generally yeah it shows me the olden days type of managers you know if you had your your Nesta your Cannavaro's your Maldini's like you'll see a manager with these type of players getting angry I'm like what the fuck was that do you know what I'm saying like sorry for the yeah. language but no, that's fine, that, it's showing pure passion and anger and the fact that Sarvi kicked out the, the staff tells me that he wants to bond with these players like come mm-hmm. on like I've just joined six months in and we're playing like this like mm-hmm. I've never seen it with a new manager personally myself do you know what I'm saying so mm-hmm. I think personally it's the right thing you know how the media is the media just talk a lot of rubbish against um, against Chelsea and mm. you know if a Tottenham man if a Tottenham man had done it or you know like Pochettino or Guardiola they'll be praising it yeah, it'd like, be admirable yeah, wouldn't like, it yeah yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's just mm. it's just biased. It's mm. Chelsea. We've seen it with refs, we've seen it with pundits. I've seen it where a matter of a day they don't even show that much of Chelsea. I don't know, like it's uh, yeah. just 
your agenda against Chelsea, that's yeah. that, it just is like sorry he's new, he's never won, you know, trophies and stuff. They're just gonna jump on the you know, but that's, 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 TV but why? Why? Okay, right. So if I'm a neutral or if I'm like a Premier League fan and I'm looking at that and I've got no horse in this race, right? It's, you know, Chelsea bought the league in 2004, whatever. You know, rent boys getting trophy, proven managers, all this kind of narrative to get this guy in who played sort of purest, beautiful football, like. You know, it has dinner, sorry, it's dinner with Rigasaki and like Pep Guardiola because they all play like forward thinking, like beautiful Cruyffian football. But he has got a humble background. He's a banker. He's a bit older. He's come from Napoli. These pundits should be gobbling that up. Like, you know, this big club Chelsea have got this guy in. They should, it just shows you you can't like, you can't fucking win. You know, this should be like positive narrative. Do you know what I mean? It's not like power bringing in power. It's power bringing in the little guy to do something great. Because of the right reasons, it just it, you know it winds me up. It's like I don't know if you've seen it, Sadiq, but that you probably have on Twitter. It's like ESPN that st- when Stevie Nichols going off against Gab Marcotti. Have you seen that? <laughs> yeah, oh my sure. god, bruv, that that is like you lose brain cells listening to that Scottish geezer talk, like saying, "Oh, it's a circus at Chelsea," and like uh, Gab, they his his sort of approach is talking over Gab Marcotti, but it's true. What's it? Klopp finished like seventh and Pep barely scraped enough points for fourth place and didn't win a trophy for the first season of his uh, career and people were calling him fraudiola and you know he talks about a circus Sari's like a measured f- talking really nice coach Klopp's f- fucking mental some of the shit he does and comes out with and like he's sworn at people you know run on the pitch he's like screamed in the fourth official's face Talk about a bloody circus, do you know what I mean? And, like, Marcotti was, everything he said was right. But I think that's a perfect example of, like, like you were saying, dude, about the sort of pundit agenda and just general nonsense against, I guess, what's happening at Chelsea. What do you reckon? That's, I totally agree with everything you just said there. And, obviously, what, um, I couldn't believe what I was hearing on the ESPN. Yeah. (laughs) What, see, what channel speaks sense, like, the other time, I actually listened to NBC and they actually did okay, mm. you know, some of the games. And yeah. then I heard the Bournemouth game about Jorginho and I couldn't believe it. Like, they were still talking about Kante being in that position. Oh, dude, I generally yeah. couldn't believe it. Like, what is up with these players? Um, <laughs> I can't remember just... the... Yeah, I can't remember the name of that game. There's another guy on ESPN. The guy does... Uh, he's English, but he does, like, like Gab Marcotti. They bring him in and he talks sometimes, but... <laughs> He said, like, early doors in the season, like, he thinks Jorginho was the worst player at Napoli and he doesn't know why he comes in and he thinks he's, like, you know, really bad and all this stuff. He got murdered on Twitter, though, that guy, and I think afterwards <laughs> it became a bit of a meme of, like, you know, clearly you can't, you can't speak so passionately about something you're just so uneducated about. Yeah. But, um... But, yeah. Oh, yeah, we got, let's, let's, let's bring it back to the game a little bit more, mate. So, um... I don't know what their centre-back situation is, but Fernandinho played centre-back uh, last game when they uh, slapped about Arsenal. Um, so I don't know if that's because they... Uh, I, don't know, I don't know, surely they play their first choice uh, or, like, what's it, like, is Stones injured? or Do you know anything about the centre-back situation at City at the minute? Uh, uh, I've not looked into it. <laughs> no, no, neither have I. I've just been thinking about it just then. <laughs> but, you know... <laughs> I mean, 
but to me, like, if they're playing a midfielder, I know he's an excellent player, Fernandinho, but just things like that. You've got to be looking for stuff like that, isn't you? Like, okay, so they're playing a midfielder at centre-back for some reason. They've got to still have problems at left-back because uh, Mendy's just probably never going to be... He's a wicked player, but it looks like he's never going to be bloody fit again, is he? So, um, what do you, what, what side is So that would be, uh, I guess, the Willian side. Do you, do you see Willian or Pedro starting, mate? Let's not kid ourselves about Hudson-Odoi. Yeah. <laughs> William, man. Do you reckon? No, uh, no, no, really. I think Callum Hudson Doyle might start, you know. Do you reckon? Right. No, I'm joking. All right, I'm gonna say, bro. <laughs> <laughs> cool, yeah. At Worldwide Chelsea. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. So I don't know. You could play a part, though. I mean, I don't know. It's because we're gonna play about the ball, <laughs> innit? Like, uh, I, he's, gone. he's I, gone, man. He's gone somewhere. Yeah, they're taking yeah. the. He's taking the piss. So he's taking the piss, man. Yeah, but do you reckon? Like. I, I agree with you. I do you, know, do you know what, man? I think both Hazard and Callum. I'm prepared for both of them to go in the summer. But do you um do you think we can get some use out of Hudson the Doyle? Because he obviously is pacey, and uh, I mean the cups now are just getting harder. It's not like we're playing against farmers anymore. I mean you'd expect him to start against Mulder, no, not Mulder, uh, Malmo in the Europa League because that's probably the lowest like level of opponent we got left in. In the season, really, isn't it? Like, mm-hmm. like a quick, a quick word on Hudson Odoi. Like, I know you've just said you think he's going, but do you see him getting minutes? Really? No, 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 no. Oh, st- we, straight cold. <laughs> we saw Sari saying that. Oh, he's ready, big player like William and Pedro. Yeah, he's as ready. good as William and Pedro. Yeah. And uh, I didn't see him play against uh, Tottenham. He played ten minutes against Arsenal. Mm. Did he, did he come on against Huddersfield? Yeah, he did at the end. Yeah, he did. He got a little bit on the ball and he, okay. celebra- he celebrated Louise's goal with him and jumped about. Yeah. Well, what about Bournemouth? He didn't come on, did he? No. <sighs> he might have done. I don't know. I don't know. He might have done. Cause he... So you can tell Zorro's not looking to him to to change the game. He's looking to put him on when he feels safe still. Which, to be honest... If a lot of people's opinions is how it should be, but he knows he's only even getting that because of the situation he's in. If he was organically in this situation, like, you know, he'd never wanted to go to Bayern. We'd moved him through. We'd noticed he was doing well at youth. And he's like, you know what? He's 18. Let's start putting him on at the end of games. That would be fine. Um, it's just because he knows it's all bollocks, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? He knows it's all, like, nonsense to try and keep him and he doesn't trust the club. And, you know, he might sign a five-year contract and not get minutes and have to go on loan to whatever. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. um... Oh man, it's a, it's a stinky situation. But do you know what? I, I've like I, I don't even really care that much anymore. Do you know what, man? Like I just feel like yeah, go like hopefully you could, you do wicked for Bayern. You and Sancho on the wings playing for England with of um, Rashford up front. Hopefully in the future, great. Do you know what I mean? But um, just whatever, just. Uh, just make them. I think that I think hopefully all like lucid Chelsea fans right now have to look at Chelsea and be like, the priority has to be Sari's plan for the moment because we've got we've trying something here and if we're trying it, we got to try it. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and that goes with bringing in his players and bringing his philosophy. And then once we we're known like, oh yeah, Chelsea, they've been playing attacking football. 
you know, for a few years. It started with Sari Ball and it carried on with sort of vertical tiki taka. Sari got sacked inevitably after 18 months for <laughs> one reason or another. <laughs> we brought in another attacking coach, but we've like transitioned. And then we can start thinking about bringing these players through. I feel like, do you agree with me that the priority at the moment has to be the shift in philosophy? Do you, are you with that? Um, I don't know. It's very difficult to to judge now. Uh, obviously, we spoke about the players in part one. Mm. It just depends if, if we get rid of the Deadwood. That That's all. And whether the board will actually back sorry mm. in what he what's the push for and what he believes in because Conte came in and he wanted to play his way and he switched it up. Mm. Like he had to switch it up after the Arsenal game mm-hmm. uh, when we lost. Because he probably um, wasn't allowed, was he? He probably had to keep playing Ivanovic at right back for a bit because it's, you know, like we said again in the earlier in the podcast, maybe the club feel like they have to honour these players. Exactly, exactly. That's... I don't know, man. This is a tough one at Chelsea, man. If we had the freedom like Liverpool and City, mm. I'll be like, give Sarri definitely two or three years and this guy will turn the club around mm. and get us back there. But following the past managers, following the past signings, whoever we really signed that was world-class recently. Mm. Let's be honest. <laughs> sure, yeah. But do you not think as well like things are changing? Like We can't win the league with Jose and bring Conte in to win the league. The club's going to be looking at coaches around them. We've sort of run out a little bit, and I think we've taken so like Romans always wanted attacking football. We're like you know what, pragmatist winners are sort of on a bit of a short <laughs> of running out a little bit here. I mean, we could have got Blanc, and I think Luis Enrique towards the end before he wanted went to Spain. I think he really did want to come to Chelsea. Like he lowered his wage demands quite a lot, but um, yeah. I think the club took it as an opportunity now to try and now looking around, you know, around all these coaches that are knocking about, you know, what what would they do? Would they pry to run prior leg away from Juve? Do you know what I mean? Sorry, I think they have to go all in on Sorry. When I say all in, but I mean it still mean that by Chelsea standards. So I mean like two years instead of one. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, I totally, I totally agree. Because do, yeah. do you remember how long the saga was going on for to sign him? Like, yeah, you get released by fucking what's his name? Do you get what I'm saying? So, yeah, obviously, Chelsea will be a lot more patient than they were with past managers. But mm. all I want is just new signings. I'm like, I know we want youth, yeah. Mm. And the only youth I want right now is Ampadu, Hudson Odoi, Lotus Cheek, mm. and Christensen. That's it. That's mm. the only four I want personally right now. Reese James? Maybe, maybe, maybe. You're that, talking that, about right backs, man. He's fucking tearing it up at the minute. He is, he is, he is. But I just know they're not going to get a chance. Man. <laughs> yeah, it's so cold, it's, isn't it? You know what it is? It's just like, make some money. Yeah. Potential, so, <laughs> but he's not going to make it at Chelsea, fam. Like, I'm being honest now. Like, it took years for Lost Street to come and prove himself here. And now he's getting some minutes from him. Do you get what I'm saying? So I think Loftus-Cheek has kind of made it or is on the cusp of making it at Chelsea. And he isn't, an, you know... I told him to stay, fam. I told yeah, him. Yeah, I saw really. your video, man. That's fucking dope. Um, <laughs> he was like, he was like, Would you wanna, I thought you wanted a picture. So I was like, stay at Chelsea, you played well. Like, okay. Save, he's like, save, save, save. I was like, because he put the window down, didn't it? So I was like, oh, this guy is safe. Yeah, he's like, dope. Yeah, no, he's cool. And he's like, yeah, he's safe. Dope as fuck. Lewisham, South London, man. Oh, that's dope. He um, 
Yeah, I feel like it took too long for him, considering he was like the, the jewel in the crowd. He, he was the Hudson Adore of his day, <laughs> even though he's like what he's like five, four years older than him. It took too long. That's what that's what Hudson Adore is leaving because he's like, I right, look at me now. I'm not waiting four more years to get rotation minutes like Rubes, um, which is which is fair enough. Like, but um, I think Ruben is strong, provided he's not injury prone. I think managers trust him now. They've seen him play in the World Cup. They've seen him play in the Premier League enough, so I think he's there, thereabouts. So I'm not really worried about Ruben. Um, but yeah, man, I tell you what. So before we start wrapping this up, let's just quickly wrap up the City game. Give me, give me a score prediction, man. Be brave. I told you before this whole conversation, it's an easy three 0 win to Chelsea. No, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> that was... the music. Oh. Yeah, there. No, go on, go on. I. My prediction would be 2-1 Chelsea, but yeah. my gut feeling is going to be like 1-1. It's hard to take either. I'll rip your hand off for either, you know. Exactly. Like, either way, but, Chelsea's coming out positive on that. Yeah, yeah, I'll be happy with 1-1. As long as we show a response, mm. proper response, or sorry. And, Higuain go. Higuain go. Higuain go, definitely. And as long as... I don't expect us to have the ball. I don't expect us to have that many chances, but... You know, for sure, fight defensively, yeah. push for show a bit of glimpse, like going forward and having a chance, having a shot and stuff. Then that yeah. for me is positive, uh, especially with these bunch of players, because I don't expect anything from these players. Do you, if you get <sighs> strong words from worldwide Chelsea, so yeah, man. <laughs> what what oh, if you if you told me one or Iguain goal assisted by N'Golo Kante, I would rip your hand off, Holmes. That would be proper naughty for me. And that means we've taken four points from City, from the champions this season on like a 3-1 aggregate scoreline, which is just dope. Um, all right, let's just, uh, before we wrap up, uh, all the listeners out there that have enjoyed what's been a real fun chat, this is my mate Sadiq, better known as Worldwide Chelsea. He's got a big following on Twitter. What It's just at Worldwide Chelsea, isn't it, mate? Yeah, everything Worldwide Chelsea. Yeah, so yeah, check him out. Instagram, YouTube, uh, live streams. That's- we, uh, you'll see me and him interacting on the Twitter. Follow me too, at Chelsea Yannick. And just get involved with the conversation with me and Sadiq. But yeah, bro, thanks for coming on again, man. It's always a pleasure to get you on. Thanks for having me. I just want to hear that intro. Only the intro, only the music. Bro. You got it, man. Yeah, yeah. I'll sell it. I'll sell the audio file to you for a premium. <laughs> right. Thanks again, dude. Thanks, man. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining me on the Yannick on Chelsea podcast. Thank you, Sadiq, for joining me again at Worldwide Chelsea on all platforms. Great episode. Hopefully we do well against City. I hope you enjoyed it, guys. If you're enjoying my podcast, please, I'm going to do the ritualistic plug of saying, give me a five-star rating on iTunes. I'm trying to grow my listenership. Just tell your mates about me, or rather the podcast. You don't have to tell them about me personally, although you're welcome to, at Chelsea Yannick on Twitter. (laughs) rate my podcast on itunes thanks guys you know what up the chills keep the blue flag flying high carefree wherever you may be i'll see you later